If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Raul Hoffman. Today with Layla Mutin. Uh, questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. Mm-hmm. And I would like to remind you that we have a very useful accoutrement to your knowledge base for intelligent medicine. You can get a free download of my special report, Immunity Reset. And it's, it's free. All you have to do is subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter, as many of you already have, at drhoffman.com. And if you're a new subscriber, you receive a link to download this important report. And it's a, it's a lengthy report, uh, which I compiled during COVID with my observations about uh, what it takes to fortify yourself mm-hmm. in the face of the pandemic. And we're not saying that this is, you know, uh, completely a bulletproof program because it's a tricky virus, but there's ample evidence that people who have certain attributes, yeah. uh, they exercise, they maintain an optimal weight, yes. uh, they take certain nutrients mm-hmm. which support immunity. Mm-hmm. They uh, sleep well, they're doing all the right things. Even some things as esoteric as they eat fermented foods to yeah. support their microbiome. Yes. There's, uh, so I summarize all that information. Uh, because we got a vaccine that's leaky, mm-hmm. and we have medications that are partially effective, yeah, and uh, are not recommended for people who are at low risk anyway. Yes. So uh, we need to all of all of the above approach for COVID. Right. Right. Uh, take care of the terrain type of approach. Indeed. Yeah. For the immunity reset. Okay. So, we've got a question from Suzanne. Hi, how can I shrink an ovarian cyst naturally? I don't know if it matters, but I'm postmenopausal. Well, uh, mm. it's a little more of a concern if you're postmenopausal, if you have an ovarian cyst, because ovarian cysts are very common in premenopausal women. Sure. Uh, and they need to be evaluated because a cyst sometimes looks like ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. So, we have to decide if it's an innocent cyst. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a cyst that might like reabsorb a, itself. Or? Yeah, that bursts, you know, which can sometimes cause what's called, yeah. uh, you know, middle schmerz, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's the middle of the month pain when yep. a cyst ruptures. Uh, or, uh, you know, so I have to say that in my long career, uh, I've not found anything natural mm-hmm. that 
shrinks, uh, ovarian cysts. And also, I think it's important to not just take a supplement, but to get it monitored. Get it evaluated. Yeah, because... Maybe it's a dermoid cyst that needs to be removed, or yeah. some type of cyst yeah. that needs to be removed. Uh, certainly, if it keeps growing, or something like that. You know, it's it's not a question of, here, take more fish oil or curcumin, because this is anti-inflammatory. We don't know that the cyst is of an inflammatory nature. It needs to be the, evaluated. The one thing that is touted for hmm. ovarian cysts, hmm. and I think the evidence for it is um, somewhat uh, sketchy, is iodine. Oh. And uh, there's some articles uh, on this. If you Google ovarian cysts iodine, uh, there's there are articles on how uh, iodine uh, can be helpful for cystic breasts, mm-hmm. and it may also help mm-hmm. uh, ovarian cysts. Uh, it seems to have somewhat of a anti-cyst effect, or perhaps a, it blocks uh, excess uh, estrogen. But iodine can suppress the thyroid, so you have to be careful when you do this right. under doctor's supervision. It's it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You want to take a Goldilocks dose and so forth and monitor monitor the things that need to be monitored, yeah, like thyroid. But iodine is also helpful in immunity, mm-hmm. you know, Yep. especially if you've been really, really ill with a cold or a flu or something, iodine can help. I hope you turn I, the, the corner. There's a study here that, you know, we're injecting the ovarian cyst with iodine can wow. shrink the cyst. But that's not a, a, a DYI yeah. treatment. That hurts. Right. <laughs> it's like, were you, are you old enough to remember when you, sc- you scraped your knee, they put iodine on it? Yeah. And it hurt. Yeah. It's like, ouch. Yeah, we never did iodine. What did we do? Bactine. Bactine. Well, Bactine was the thing that came in. It's a blast from the past. Right yeah, there. Bactine was the first ouchless thing that you would apply to a boo boo. Oh, okay. And that was I the, remember Bactine. That, and it just took off because it was like, because okay. iodine would be, it would hurt. And yeah. It would burn. Yeah. But it was very antiseptic. Yeah. It would also, you know, your your knee would be all like orange from yeah. the iodine. But yeah. yeah so anyway, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's, is it uh, definitely taking oral iodine is helpful for another type right. of cyst, fibrocystic breast disease. Yes. You do use that. It is. It is. But for... Um, but you know, word of warning to those with Hashimoto's, yeah. uh, which is an autoimmune type of thyroid, thyroid thyroiditis, uh, you don't want to take an iodine supplement for that because it can... It may exacerbate it. It's not good for Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. There are people who take it for regular old hypothyroidism that is not of an autoimmune nature, that is not Hashimoto's, they have found some benefit of taking uh, iodine. But yeah, Suzanne, the most important thing is to get it evaluated. I see a lot of, um, when I look at this up, I see a lot of integrative doctors parroting this uh, wisdom, supposed wisdom, that iodine is helpful for mm-hmm. ovarian cysts. But I don't see a lot of studies, mm. other than the study which shows the directly injecting it, which is kind of like, I mean, that's Ouch. invasive. Yeah. yeah. Right? All right. Good point at which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share some vital information with you. So here it goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging. 
providing you with the unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. And now back to our questions. What's next, Layla? Uh, this comes from John. John is at, is inquiring about your allergy uh, protocol, which is at drhoffman.com. And he's asking, would this be appropriate for food allergies as well? And the answer is yes. Ah. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about food allergies. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You could take, if you're, if you're having, say you ate a peanut and you're allergic to peanuts and you need something quickly, uh, like before you break out in that first hive, you take some Benadryl or something, right? You would take, Or maybe you would take a whole lot of quercetin possibly, or dehist, mm-hmm. or something like that. But in the case of other food allergies, it's best to avoid the food altogether. Right. And then there's the this stealthy. problem of, of distinguishing mm-hmm. between an actual food allergy in mm-hmm. a traditional sense, like, you know, when people who have a anaphylaxis to peanuts must carry yeah. an EpiPen. That's yes. a true allergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's some people that will, you know, the high IgE to dairy or wheat, and they might have some congestion, but they don't go into full anaphylaxis. And yeah. then there are people who have an intolerance to the food for another reason. The food may uh, cause them indigestion, or mm-hmm. the food may be triggering histamine in a different manner. So there's, yeah. uh, I, in a very formal text, in a big, thick tome that I have at home uh, on food allergy, mm-hmm. uh, they broke it down into like five or six different types of food reactions, mm-hmm. some of which are traditional allergies, and some yeah. of them are just intolerances. Like... Celiac disease is not an allergy. No. Uh, gluten intolerance is a step short of celiac disease. But yeah. It, you know, it, but it's, it, not a, it's, it's not an allergy. It's not an allergy. And you won't get, like, if you have wheat, you want an immediate reaction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's uh, that type of a thing. So, you know, what do we want to do? We think of allergies as kind of like uh, my cup runneth over. And you want to uh, minimize all the things that go into your allergy pot mm-hmm. so that if you you know are um, you know in the in the spring when you might have like a lot of tree allergy yeah you might want to really restrict your diet around the foods that prompt your allergic symptoms like wheat and dairy are the most common culprits at the same time absolutely that you yeah. spend a little less time outdoors maybe mm-hmm. sit inside with the air conditioner on and mm-hmm. get filtered air mm-hmm. that kind of thing and be uh, sure to clean your filter on that air conditioner before you start it up for the quercetin season. Quercetin is a natural antihistamine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are also some things that work specifically in the gut, like DAO. DAO yes. is pretty good for... Diamine oxidase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is sometimes comes under the name histamine block is a brand right. name for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you also mentioned a, a type of tea that is helpful for that. Oolong tea. Right. Oolong tea is helpful for allergies... Uh, as I found out from uh, uh, Dr. Gallen's yeah. uh, information on 
in, on in, allergies. In the absence of uh, medication, some people who have al- uh, asthma attacks. You know, don't try, don't deliberately go without medication. But if you if you're stuck without medication mm-hmm. uh, and you're having a, an asthma episode, uh, try some some really uh, you know double tea bag brewed tea, any yeah. kind of tea, black mm-hmm. tea. There's a little bit of an anti-allergy effect. The catechins in there, yes. and it contains a lot of quercetin. Yes. So it sometimes can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But oolong has particularly good allergy blocking effects, mm-hmm. and so you know. Uh, we're in in those articles, which uh, you know we publish those articles at allergy time of the year, like in the spring or the fall. Yeah, um, we're mostly talking about environmental allergies. We are right, right. But food allergies is a very complex. It is. Situation. It is uh, food. In, we call it food intolerance. Food intolerance, and when it's when it's a matter of food intolerance, John, uh, it, your your best bet is to remove the food. And let's yeah. mention that book by Dr. Gallen, uh, which is a good, really rundown. Yeah, I, uh, it's about. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the title of the book myself, but that's where I'd gotten the information. The allergy solution. The allergy solution. There you go. Yeah, it was written a few years back, but it's still mm-hmm. applicable. Absolutely. Very good tips on, mm-hmm. and very good explanations of, uh, of you know the allergy phenomenon and the different yeah. ways that you can be intolerant to environmental things and foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. John, thank you for that question. Oh, here's one from Carrie about NAD versus HelioCare. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. I, re- I recently listened to a podcast and learned about internal sunscreen. It was fascinating. Well, it's also in an article that we did for the newsletter. Yes. So it's in, you know, for some people, easier format is to read. Yeah. And so it's a short article that, uh, summarizes mm-hmm. a dozen potential things for uh, protecting your skin from UV yeah. damage. Mm-hmm. As someone who has had a few precancerous moles revu- uh, removed, I was especially keyed into the info provided. I, I heard she said NAD, but it's actually just you don't need to take NAD. You need to take B three. Right, 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 right. Here, l- l- yeah, I'll okay. explain. Yeah. I heard you mention HelioCare with nicotinamide, and I was wondering if I take Trunigen to increase my NAD. Right. Am I still getting the same benefits? Okay, that's an interesting question. Yeah. And the answer is, I suspect you might, mm-hmm. but the studies, and by the way, the studies were front and center in the New England Journal of Medicine. So it's very unusual that a study about a vitamin gets, uh, you know, top billing in yeah. a major conservative medical journal like right. New England Journal of Medicine. Which is full of pharmaceutical so it, ads. And niacinamide yeah. is by order of tenfold cheaper yeah. or than, than um, nicotinamide riboside. Yes. Now, the question is, if you're already taking nicotinamide riboside, will you get some of the benefits? That has not been mm-hmm. demonstrated or proven. But I suspect it might be true. It's mm-hmm. just we don't know. Yeah. And HelioCare? And HelioCare is a fern mm-hmm. that comes from, I think it comes from uh, Southeast Asia. Mm. And it is uh, a fern that, uh, you know, ferns are, they are very susceptible to excess sun. They grow in the shade. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, but they also contain something that protects them from the sun. Mm. And that 
substance when taken internally like by people is a sunscreen. sort of an antioxidant uh, yeah. effect. Yeah. Like a, some polyphenol-like effect. Right. I, I don't know, properly speaking, is a polyphenol. But there's it's, it's been around for many years. Not that many people know about it, but it's sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's got some bona fides, yeah. And uh, you know, will it uh, prevent you from getting you know melanoma if you bake in the sun uh, without any protection? I, I can't vouch for that, but it yeah. will somewhat slow the UV damage mm-hmm. to your skin. You know, where you get like leathery skin and crepey skin. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. there's, so there's some, there's some people that I see uh, uh-huh. that are so incredibly pale uh but they've been careful yeah and they have super skin but that they must be so disciplined yeah to cover themselves up or or slather on the sunscreen but like these like celtic looking folks these uh ginger and red-headed folks yes and well they'd be very susceptible to to sunburn anyway probably they they have like ivory skin you know Mm -hmm. Japanese women used to prize that. It's sort of like a porcelain skin. It's it's the reverse of Western uh, culture because here a nice tan is a sign of prosperity. There, yeah, uh, especially in traditional culture, it was thought that only rich people could avoid you know working in the in the rice paddies. Yes, you know? yes, <laughs> right. in the fields, right. right. And so yeah. it was a mark of aristocracy to have yes. really alabaster skin, they very pale sheltered. skin. Right. And then, of course, you like the umbrellas and all that stuff. They have those nice, you know, that whole thing. I see people in the parasols, streets walking around parasols. With them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Carrie, thank you for that thoughtful question. Okay. We've got an interesting one here from Sue. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, a friend of mine has been diagnosed with osteoporosis and several times has been infused with reclast. Her bone density scans have shown slight improvement. You often recommend strontium, but WebMD says the following about strontium. Go ahead, yeah. Quote, you keep getting the, the, the negatives on strontium. Yeah. Go ahead. Strontium has a chemical similarity to calcium yep. and, and will replace calcium as the mineral in bone. Because strontium atoms are heavier than calcium atoms, swapping some of the calcium atoms with strontium atoms will make the bone mineral density appear to, to increase. This is not the same as making new bone. I'd appreciate so, your thoughts. So hang tight. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so let's say, and we see this a lot, is your people come in yeah. and their bone density is improved by 18%. Yes. Well, some of that is just is due to the increased opacity mm-hmm. and the illumination that occurs with a larger atom that yeah. basically gets incorporated in it. But that does not uh, disprove the fact that people who take strontium in studies have less vertebral fractures and less hip fractures. That's true. So that that's and you know it's a weird situation because you cannot buy over the counter strontium in the EU and in the UK. Mm. I mean the UK is now no longer part of the EU, but they have the same regulations. So you can't get like the stuff we get over the counter there. Right. However, you can get prescription strontium. Yes. And it's strontium ranolate as opposed to strontium citrate. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that the magic is not about the ranolate. I think the magic is about the strontium. Yeah. And their studies have shown that it does reduce hip fracture and it reduces vertebral fracture. So there's kind of a like a regulatory 
um, uh, Iron Curtain, you know, between <laughs> between Europe and here, where it switched. You can't buy it over the counter there. You can get it by prescription. Here you can't get it by prescription. You can buy it over the counter. Yeah. Uh, but it nonetheless is useful. I find it helpful. Um, and our patients who take strontium mm-hmm. generally are doing pretty well. They and, are. And their bone densities are improving. Yeah. And that's not just a false positive. No, it's yeah. not. I have a recent patient who uh, has been taking strontium for, uh, I think it's about a year and a half now. Her bone mineral density definitely got better. She's very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interestingly, I only had her on a 400 milligram dose. Which is two-thirds of what's recommended. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. But apparently before her vitamin D was quite low, all these other things that got better, I think, was likely a factor in the improvement. Plus she was on on a PPI Mm -hmm. for many years, a proton pump inhibitor. So just coming off that helps to to increase. Just to reassure you, I'll just look up some of the studies on strontium. Uh, Strontium... uh, for osteoporosis. Um, There's a lot of good information well, out it, there. Well, here's, here's mm-hmm. the real story. Uh, role of strontium ranolate in the therapy of osteoporosis. Strontium ranolate is a medicine used to treat postmenopausal osteoporosis in women and osteoporosis in men. Preclinical data suggests its dual effect consisting of the control of bone resorption and promotion of bone formation. So that's not just a false, uh, right. you know, Appearance, a cosmetic change to yeah. the bone. Yeah. Um, administration of strontium ranolate leads to a significant increase in the bone mass. Um, so, anyway. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, Sue, thank you for that question. Best of luck to your friend, who's also taking reclass. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that doesn't work the same as a bisphosphonate. Reclass is something different. Or am I confusing that with uh, with prolia? Is reclass a bisphosphonate? Yeah, reclass a bisphosphonate. So the concern is, mm. well, here's a you know, concern with these medications, is they will strengthen bone, and mm. they will, you know, uh, short-term reduce the risk of fracture. Mm-hmm. Um But occasionally the bone becomes more brittle, and you get what are called pathological fractures. And also strontium ranolate, I'm sorry, uh, uh, reclass. reclass cannot be used when you have problems with dental, uh, yes. like implants mm-hmm. or... Uh, Get your dental work done before taking reclass. Right, because when you drill into the <coughs> bone of the jaw, it doesn't heal properly and you huh. get uh, terrible bone loss. Uh, it's called osteonecrosis of the jaw, which yes. means dead bone in your mm-hmm. jaw. Horrible condition. Yeah. And so dentists now are always asking patients, are you taking these medications? I'm always being asked, are yeah. you taking bisphosphonate? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yep. Yeah. No, it's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So. We have time for one more if it's not too detailed. If it's not too detailed. Okay, this is from Michelle. I've been taking 500 units of vitamin D for a year. I just had my levels checked and it's only 36. Why is it so low? 500 IUs? She says units and I hope it's IUs. I hope it's IUs. I hope it's IUs because we don't That's know. not very much. It's not very, yeah. So why, why is because it? Because it doesn't work. Yeah. At that level. 
Well, here's the other thing. If you're taking vitamin D, Michelle, are you taking vitamin D3 or vitamin D2? Well, they, that, that is important, but it's not as either important. way, it's... It's still going to help? Yeah. The it, D2? It, the D2 is um, maybe less bioavailable, mm. um, but... I heard there this was some antagonism with D3, however, that it may lower D3 was something I had read. But Michelle, uh, there are many things that could interfere yeah. with your vitamin D level going up. It's just up. too low. It's yeah. just too, it, it, if you have low vitamin D, the amount, that 500 is... 5,000. It's 5,000. Oh, you said 5,000. 5,000. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Five, sorry, 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 sorry. 5,000 should bring it up. You said did I? I'm sorry. I, I meant 5,000. You threw me for a loop there. Sorry about Okay, that. so 5,000. Mm -hmm. So we do have some patients yes. where we find that 5,000 only gets their vitamin D up to like, you know, 28 or something. From 14. Yeah, right. Yeah, or something. And so that may be a matter of time. It may be a matter of absorption. There's about, there's probably a maybe a dozen ways that vitamin D... Uh, can be impaired in its uh, in its in yeah. its metabolism. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, you want to make sure you don't have ki li uh, kidney or liver disease because that's where it's turned into it's converted. Right. And you want to make sure you don't have any gut absorption issues because if you're not absorbing it properly, or if you have any kind of malabsorption or celiac disease or inflammatory right. bowel disease, certain medications also impair the absorption of it. Anticonvulsants, sure. steroids. And as a rule, mm. I find that sometimes the people who need it the most, people with inflammatory diseases, yes. uh, obese people. Obese people because the vitamin D will be sequestered in the fat. By the fat. Right. By the fat cells. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, I mean, this person doesn't specify any of those conditions or mm -hmm. doesn't tell us if nope. maybe she's... Just that uh, she's been taking 5,000 for a year. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. So... so um, yeah, so that's um, that's all the time we have for today. Yes. So uh, questions at drhoffman.net. Remember mm -hmm. our uh, campaign, Save Our Supplements, drhoffman.com slash A-N-H. And also uh, subscribe to our newsletter for a free report, Immunity Reset, personalized plan to pandemic-proof your body and build resilience for a long, healthy life. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Until next week. Have a great week. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.